I want to lead you now to the words of uh, Jesus in uh, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 12. And I'm just going to read a, a couple of verses from there, and then I'm going to enter into uh, an invitation to consecrate ourselves and to uh, wholly and fully um, commit to a life of um, complete commitment to the Lord and concentration on His Word and, and to living that life of disciples that the Bible calls us to, to live. Luke chapter 12, and um, I'm going to read a couple of verses and then I will continue later on commenting on, on the rest of the passage. Luke chapter 12, beginning with verse 35, the Lord uh, addressing His disciples says, be dressed ready for service. Be dressed ready for service. In other words, be vigilant, be prepared, be alert, um, ready to move at any moment, ready for service, and keep your lamps burning like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. It's a call to alertness, a call to preparedness. Verse 37 says, It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. When is that coming? Of course, the second coming of Christ. When he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will dress himself to serve them out of gratitude and uh, respect for their alertness, will have them recline at the table and will come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the middle of the night or toward daybreak. There's a man returning from a party, from a, a ceremony, a, time, a celebration. He might get there at 3 o'clock in the morning. He might get there at 5 or 6, depending on how good the party was. But um, he says, be ready as servants. You need to be ready when he arrives. You can't be asleep. You know, you got to open the door for him. You got to receive him. You got to show him that you're effective and efficient. So, and notice also here, and I'll, I'll allude to that later on, the uncertainty of when he's going to come. He might come in the middle of the night. He might come in the dawn. He might come later on in the morning. But doesn't matter. You got to be ready. The word knows that, you know, that time only God knows exactly when the Lord will come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what hour, he's now changing metaphors here. One is a party and now it's a different metaphor. If the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. This is the final verse. You also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. We don't know the time, but the, our, our only responsibility is to be ready 24 hours a day. Last Sunday, I spoke about fanning into flame the gift of God that is in us. And, you know, one of the, one of the dimensions of that call of that verse, fan into flame the gift of God that is in you by the imposition of my hands. One of the dimensions of that, of that idea is that we need to seek the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Another dimension is that we are responsible for maintaining ourselves full of the Holy Spirit. It's not just God. 
God implants us with his Holy Spirit, and then it's our responsibility to keep that flame burning. It's our responsibility to keep ourselves motivated, to keep ourselves on fire, to keep ourselves on the alert, to keep ourselves vital in the spirit. That's a 24-hour thing. You know, this idea that, you know, it's just, well, you receive Christ as your Savior. You may have even gone to that level of uh, asking for the Holy Spirit to fill you in a Pentecostal fashion. And then, okay, now you coast. You have it. Now you don't have to worry about anything. All you got to do is come to church, sit down, sing a couple of choruses, go home and live your life like normal. And maybe come back next Sunday or not. Maybe come during Easter or, or Christmas or when somebody gets married. You know, because you have it. You got your card. You, you, you punched the card. Now you're a bona fide member of uh, Christianity. You know, but the Bible says, no, it's not like that. You need to fan into flame. You need to be alert. You need to be active. You need to, you're responsible for the level of vitality in your life. God is, is ready to react to your invitation, to your engagement in the fullness of the Christian life. But you're responsible for, for maintaining yourself full of the Holy Spirit and to make sure that you are continually filled and refilled. You see that in the book of Acts, that the disciples were filled with the Spirit. And then later on it says, and they were filled with the Spirit. What happened? They didn't get it the first time? No, it's just that how many times do you put fuel in your tank? Many times, right? Because usage wears out energy. And that same way, you need to keep yourself filled continually. Now, this is my point here. We are living in a time in America and in the world, where more than ever, we need the seal, the, the imprint of the Holy Spirit to keep ourselves strong and free from contamination from the many false doctrines that presently abound. I think that's one of the other dimensions. I think only people who are filled with the Spirit of God, people who are on fire for the Lord, who are maintaining their lamps burning, Maintaining themselves in the Word of God, discerning the principles of the, of the Word of God, uh, continually in prayer. I think only those individuals will be robust enough, to use that word, to resist what is coming to the world in our time. Uh, the Bible speaks that in the latter days, in the, uh, as we approach the coming of the Lord, doctrines of demons, it says, will permeate even Christianity. And, um, you know, people will fashion themselves all kinds of teachings and uh, different ideas, even within the faith. And uh, they will be so, um, so uh, like the genuine teaching of the Word that sometimes people will not be able to differentiate between one thing and the other. And here's the punchline. I believe that only those that are filled with the Spirit of God, that are keeping themselves immersed in the Word of God, that are keeping themselves um, discerning the, the, the themes and, and the teachings of the Bible and, and that can just instinctively discern when a teaching is false and when it is true, like, a, a, like an artist that can discern the difference between a minor and a major uh, tone or, or uh, who can just discern minute changes in a tune because they're trained, their ear is trained in that same way People, only people who are full of the Spirit will be able to navigate successfully the temptations, the distractions, the delusions that will characterize the latter days. And we are, I believe, living in those times. So this is one reason why we need to keep ourselves filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, more than ever, uh, only those that are full with the vitality of the Spirit will be able to resist 
the time. And we also need the power of the Holy Spirit, by the way, in order to be effective in preaching the gospel. There's a, now more than ever, the church needs individuals who can share with others who may find themselves full of anxiety, uncertainty, anger, as uh, Charlotte was saying in our youth. You know, there are people who are depressed. And imagine, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, people were celebrating, oh, we're back. You know, uh, no more lockdown. We can fling care to the wind. And all of a sudden, uh-oh, nope, you got to get back. You got to, you know, you can't be going to that restaurant that you love. You can't be going to see your favorite movie that you've been waiting for months that finally come on. No. And, and you know, can you imagine what pe some people are thinking right now? They must be angry. There are people who are depressed and saying, how long is this going to last? Am, am, am I, are we condemned to live like this forever? And we need people full of the Holy Spirit full of vitality, and, and with, with, the, with the wisdom and the authority of the Spirit of God to be able to give them a word of hope, encouragement, perspective, explanation, uh, so that, you know, these individuals and, uh, will come into the kingdom and then receive. Even those that are in the kingdom right now are experiencing stress. How much more so those that don't have the Lord? And we need to become more, we need to be contagious in the right way now. We need people who are so filled with the Holy Spirit that they are super spreaders, super contagious for the kingdom of God. All of that comes with the power, the fullness of the Holy Spirit. There's no other way. But I'm not here to regurgitate and to, you know, kind of uh, warm the last week's uh, sermon. I want, I want to go into another dimension that, that references uh, this idea that we are living in a time of great need. And therefore, we need, there's another element that I want to point out to, to you. This morning, we, we urgently need it as well as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that is, listen to this, an attitude of total consecration to the Lord and to his kingdom and of total and, and of detachment, emotional detachment from the world, from the cares and the anxieties and the, and, and the obsessions of secular life. We require more than ever in these times of great stress and demand on our psyche, complete commitment to the Word of God and to the kingdom of God and to the things of the Spirit. I think we need to cultivate an attitude of urgency in our time as believers. More than ever, we need to become aware of the fact that the coming of Christ is closer than ever. How many believe that we have entered into another zone right now, that we are closer than ever to the coming of Christ? When I see what is happening all over the world, not just in America, and I know that it has to do more than just the coronavirus. Um, I don't want you to think that somehow just because the coronavirus is on that somehow I'm, I'm preaching now, you know, doom and gloom and, and the coming of Christ and let's go up to the, the, the roof and, and wait for him to come any moment. No, I'm not talking about that necessarily. But, you know, when you look at the fullness of all the different expressions in our time, all the different uh, symptoms of the world, um, when you put it all together, you see that um, we have come into a different uh, sphere, a different uh, existence We're not going to go back, people. I don't see it happening. For example, the polarization that uh, our country is facing, and but that, the, by the way, this happens. It's happening everywhere. England is experiment, experiencing that. Many countries in Europe are experiencing this total polarization of the world into two camps. And uh, these things are so structural in nature. 
they are so intractable, they're so um, rigid in their configuration that it will be very hard unless some major intervention happened from somewhere to break uh, the impasse. And um, otherwise, I believe that the conclusions that people have uh, embraced and the attitudes, the world views, they're so clear. The components are so intertwined with each other. It would be very hard for this polarization to go back to some other less uh, intense state in our time. And I believe that uh, many of the commitments that people have made morally, uh, certain behaviors and certain beliefs and so on, they constitute part of their very identity. And so people are not going to easily abandon those elements of their identity. And uh, on and on and on. So, you know, this world is clearly uh, in, on a trajectory that is a very much, um, you know, it will not finish until it's achieved its complete logical conclusion. And we are living in a time of uh, extraordinary changes and we might as well get used to that. And that's why precisely, by the way, we need, if you're feeling anxious when I say that, that's precisely why you need uh, more and more of the power of God in your life. You need to consecrate yourself more because we are living in a time where great uh, resistance is required, like the resistance of an athlete to stress, where we need to have such overly abundant vitality in our being that we can consume those viruses and those germs that come into our system and try to, you know, debilitate us and to weaken us more than ever. This is why this call of urgency, and why, uh, why do I put it in terms of consecration and commitment? Because if, if you are not fully committed to the Word of God and to the principles of the kingdom of God, and you are, you know, half of your attention is uh, dedicated to the things of the world, and you're still very much into the anxiety and the concerns and the stresses of the world and the ambitions of the world, that the world will have an, a, a, the capacity to influence how you feel and manipulate your emotions. So you need to detach yourself more than ever from um, the things of this world. Again, I'm not saying that the coronavirus marks the end of the world, understand me. But it certainly suggests that God is giving us a warning. As I have said earlier, we have entered into a time of acceleration. Things are becoming much more serious now. Look at us where we are at this point in, in the life of uh, this country in, in every way. And you, you sense that um, things have entered into a new level of intensity. The, the Bible warns us that we need to distinguish the signs of the times. I will talk a little bit more about that. To be able to interpret what is happening. You know, there are people who make millions of dollars uh, being pundits about uh, what is ahead. You know, these are social commentators that see science and sociology and finances and politics and international geopolitical events 
And out of that, they reach certain conclusions, and they give their conclusions, and people are like, wow, I want to hear this person so I know what's going to happen in the future. Um, and uh, the Bible is not new to that. You know, the Bible counsels us to look at the signs of the times, interpret politics, interpret history, interpret finances, interpret uh, what's happening in the world, and, and derive conclusions from that in the light of the world, it, it, <clears throat> rather in the light of what's happening in the world, and also What's going to happen with, as far as Scripture is concerned? You need to be able to look at these things more and more. And certainly what is happening all over the world right now suggests that this is a time like no other. When Jesus spoke these words that I just read in uh, Luke chapter 12, Jesus knew, and if you read the whole passage up to verse 56, he knew that for the Jews of, the, of, the, of his time, for the Jewish uh, culture of his time, it was going to be like the end of the world. Jerusalem would be shortly destroyed by the Romans when they would invade, finally, after, after a rebellion on the part of the Jews. Jerusalem would be totally devastated. Jewish culture would be eliminated, essentially. The temple would be torn down completely. This, this edifice that spoke of the glory of Israel would be completely devastated, such a symbol of the life and the identity of Israel. The Jews would be dispersed all over the world for 2,000 years. They would not be able to come back to their land. There would be no state of Israel. There would be no Jewish nation. The Jews would be uh, dispersed all over the nations of the world. And only in 1948, 1,900-some years later, would they be able to return to the land and declare a state of Israel again. So Jesus knew that it was like the end of the world for them. And this, this is one of the strange things about prophecy. And I may dedicate one more sermon to that later on. Um, about, because I think we need to study prophecy. Uh, this is one of the things that we need to do, by the way, in our time. People of God, I think a lot of individuals make silly mistakes in Christianity in our time in America because they don't study prophecy. They don't know prophecy. I think there are two things that you need to understand, by the way. Uh, in order to understand the times and to be able to have a healthy uh, Christian identity. One is the, the mysteries of spiritual warfare. I may come into that a little bit at some point. Spiritual warfare, our fight not against flesh or blood, but against principalities and powers, against demonic entities. A lot of people make all kinds of light mistakes because they don't understand spiritual warfare. And the second is that they don't understand prophecy. They don't read the Old Testament. They think that that's something that you go through quickly on your way to the New Testament. And they don't understand prophecy and how prophecy really impacts our time and, and the course of history. And so um, th here there's, there's something. When Jesus is speaking about the destruction of um, uh, the world and the coming of the Son of Man and, and the destruction of uh, you know, life as, as we know it, he's taking two different times and putting them together. He's sort of conflating the events of Jesus' time, the destruction of Israel as a nation, the temple, devastation, dispersion, and the events of the end times, which may be more like our time. He's taking both of them and speaking about them almost like simultaneously. But they really refer to two different times that have great similarities between them. And this is why some things, for example, when he says, not a generation will pass before these things happen. Uh, and people say, well, see, look, they made a mistake in the Bible because uh, not one generation but 30 generations have passed since Jesus said that and still Jesus has not come. Well, he was speaking about the fact that, you know, yes, Jerusalem would be destroyed. There would be an end of the world, so to speak, at that time, an extreme devastation. 
But then later on, the complete uh, realization of that prophecy would take place toward the end when again there would be great devastation and uh, great destruction and the coming of the Lord in His second coming. People were not able to understand that during that time. This is why the Jews are still waiting for the first coming of the Messiah. They were not able to see the complexity of, uh, of uh, the prophecy. So, um, in the light of history, we know that uh, what Jesus meant when he spoke about the end of, uh, of time and the destruction. Because we saw what happened to the Jews. Their whole society was destroyed. Now, how do we apply the prophecies of Jesus to our own time? These, these uh, prophecies about the coming of the Lord, being alert, waiting, and so on and so forth. There are two elements, you know, that, that uh, go together again. Jesus is saying to the Jews, hey, your land is going to be destroyed. There's going to be huge devastation. There's no time for you to be wasting time by, you know, living as if things are normal, as if nothing is going to happen. You need to start planning for what is coming ahead. And this is what the Lord is telling us in our own time as well. We need to be looking at things with a sense of urgency, with a sense of concentration. We need to stop living. This, this is what the call to the church in our time, as if these are common times that we are living in, as if we can afford somehow to, to, to remain consumed with, you know, the usual things of making money and getting a better job, getting a promotion in our job, buying a house, enjoying the things of this world. Now, we can do these things, by the way, but we have to do them with a certain kind of detachment and perspective. I'm not saying that you shouldn't go to college in September if you're able to do it. No, you should. You should pursue a career and so on and so forth. But you should do it with one eye toward what's going to happen and another eye toward what you are doing in your present reality. And you cannot just be so focused on the things of this world that you forget that we are living in times where anything can happen at any moment. The economy can just completely, uh, you know, fall apart, and uh, you, you can't be thinking, oh, no, I'm going to live forever. This thing is going to continue. We're going to just keep life as usual. We have to be careful. We have to make decisions in the light of the, the tentativeness and the urgency of the time that we are living in. We can continue doing things, but not in the same kind of engaged fashion. I see a lot of believers who are not discerning properly. And so, you know, we're living like everything is okay. You know, we're just so consumed about doing this, about making more money. Forget about church. Forget about reading the Word. Forget about keeping myself vital and strong. I got other things to do. I'll go and I'll pay my little respect to God. And then, you know, the rest of my life I'll live it any way I want to know. I think we have to live life. in The times that we are living in demand a concentration like never before in our identity. These uh, concerns of the world should not be our priority. Right now, I believe that the one thing that as believers we need to be concerned about is preparing ourselves spiritually for the demands of these uncommon times. We need to keep that lamp burning as if the Lord is going to come just right now before I finish the sermon. We need to keep ourselves in prayer we need to, to keep ourselves sanctified and, and concentrated on our priorities as believers. 
You know, I, I think that is true in any time that the believer lives in, but especially in our time. If you really want to get all the benefit out of the gospel and derive all the nutrients that you need to get from the Word of God, the only way you need to seal yourselves, you, you, you need to uh, contain the pressure inside in such a way that nothing escapes. There are no leaks. Talking about leaks, uh, my, my wife can tell you the other, uh, a couple of weeks ago, a week ago, how many hours I spent trying to fix a garden faucet that was leaking. It had been leaking for months and months and months. And I decided I was going to go to YouTube and check out the latest videos on how to fix these uh, leaks. And I was an utter failure, I have to admit. By the way, there are good plumbers also that, that also, uh, you know, had to admit defeat. And, you know, the problem we knew was a little gasket, a little rubber thingy, a little circular thing that when you put metal against metal, that, that rubber gasket has to be in between. You notice that the metals will lock, close off, because there's a lot of pressure of that water coming through. And if, if, if the gaskets are not uh, well placed and if they're corroded or worn out, that pressure of the water will find its way through. And, and I, like never before, I became aware of how important when, when there's pressure going through something, you need to have very tight joints because the, the smallest leak will destroy something. They say that, that you remember that, that spaceship that was destroyed years and years ago, the Challenger. They say that it was a, 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 a valve, a little thing that could have cost maybe a few dollars <clears throat> that uh, just caused the, the, the explosion. And, you know, it, it is like that in the Christian life. You know, it, it is those little escapes, those little leaks, those things that don't seem to cause too much problem, those liberties that we allow ourselves, you know, the lack of prayer, uh, the, the lack of um, holiness, uh, the mistakes that we make in our life. And we say, oh, that's nothing, you know, I have time to fix it. They come back and they really haunt us in the end. And more than ever, people of God, we are being called to tighten the faucet and its joints in order to be able to resist what is coming ahead, you know, what is awaiting us. And so this is why we need to be, we, we need to sanctify, we need to concentrate, we need to adopt the mentality of a disciple. We need to dedicate our gifts, our time, our assets, our money, our energy to building the kingdom of God and being a resource for the kingdom of God. That is where our, our priority, we need to reconfigure our identity because the times demand it. Because the master is arriving at a time when you don't know. Because things are getting more and more serious. Because there will be more demands on your marriage. There will be more demands on your children. There will be more temptations to deal with. There will be more pressures of all sorts. There will be more stress. There will be other situations perhaps like the coronavirus. There may be, other things may come. Wars, uh, conflicts. I, I, again, I don't want to sound like a prophet of doom and gloom. But it is my pastoral duty to alert us to the fact that these things are in the horizon and that we cannot continue living life casually as if nothing were happening. We need to discern 
the times that we are in. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit in order for us to experience the kinds of transformations that I'm talking about, changing our mind frame, our attitude, living closer to the Lord, being more committed than ever, we need to ask the Holy Spirit, come and help me. Give me the energy. Give me the fuel so that I can make these changes in my psyche, so that I can continue and consecrate myself more to you. Lion of Judah, people of God, needs to become a community of individuals that are uniformly on fire for the Lord. We cannot continue being a church where, you know, you have some people who are lukewarm, others are cold, others are hot. If you did one of those analyses, you know, infrared, you would see pockets of red, pockets of green, pockets of yellow or whatever it is because different people are in different points of the spectrum as far as commitment to the Lord is and, and I think with the, the, the Spirit's word to us is hey let's close ranks if you are not on fire for the Lord if you are not putting your priorities on the kingdom of God get your act together get your act together and, uh, and do so let, let me see if I can find quickly as I said that uh, the words of um, the Apostle James came to my mind I hope I can find it quickly here um, let me see, uh, where he says, uh, to, you know, he, he makes it a call to, to the church to, um, you know, commit themselves, to, to sanctify themselves. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Meaning, hey, enough partying. Now dedicate some time to thinking seriously about the things of the kingdom of God. It reminds me a lot of the words of Joel, also the prophet Joel, who was speaking also in, the end, uh, in reference to the end times. And it says again, you know, hey, let your joy become, you know, a more serious consideration of the seriousness of the time that you are living in. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. You know, and, and he, he goes on in that call of consecrating ourselves. You know, I'm going to stop here. I'm going to stop here. There's a lot of stuff that I, I wanted to talk about, um, but just summarizing it. This is, this is the way I would put it. The Lord is near. The Apostle Paul said that a long time ago. The Lord is near. We need to, we will need in the coming days a, an overly abundant vitality. We, need to have, we will need to have redundant vitality in the Spirit. It will not be enough just to, you know, kind of love God casually. Casual Christianity is pretty much becoming um, defunct and obsolete in our time. Only consecrated athletic believers, I think, will be able to resist the coming onslaught. There will be delusions and lies. The enemy will be given more freedom than ever to to persecute humanity God will set him loose and allow him more freedom to create exquisite 
delusions and doctrines that will lead people astray. Pleasures will become much more intense and addictive. There will be more substances, more things to see, more experiences that will addict people like never before to pleasures and experiences that will sear their neurological systems with addictive feelings that they will not be able to escape. There will be stresses on, on the emotions and on the psyche that will lead people into uh, uh, madness and, and, and anxiety and neurosis. There will be stresses related to conflict in the world as well, whether it's military or whatever. I think there will come also more natural cataclysms and more things that will affect the atmosphere and affect nature as a whole, on and on and on. And rather than depress you, I want to more like um, actually encourage you because that means that the Lord is near. You know, the Bible says in one passage, says, when you see these signs, when you, th when you see these things happen, lift your heads for your redemption is right around the corner. Amen? It doesn't matter ultimately to me. You know, I have no love for the world, to tell you the truth. I have love for my family and for the ones that, I, that are close to me, my church, my people. But I, am, I, I, I believe I'm ready to go with Christ any moment now. I, I, if he comes right now, I'm prepared. I have Jesus in my heart. He's my Lord. He's my Savior. I don't trust in my own justice. I'm ready. And I know that this world is just an illusion. This is just a, a little, uh, an anteroom to the reality of eternity. And so, you know, the fact that this world seems to be more frail than we ever saw it or thought it to be it doesn't bother me you know whatever may come I know that Christ is in my heart and I have his protection there, I can truly be I can say I believe that I have no fear I am grounded in, in Christ and you also should be grounded in Christ right now your eyes should be so focused on the faithfulness of God that you have no space to be worried about the latest news and so on and so forth. Read the news as I do, but read them to be informed and to, and to walk intelligently in the world and to be able to bless others with your knowledge. But don't read it to determine whether you're going to be happy today or, or not, or, or at peace or anxious. No, no. You, wanna, you, you, you need to be grounded. You need to be fully connected to the source. Your mind needs to be focused because there is so much demand right now and there will be more on your system. And so you need to get all the nutrients that you can from the Word of God and from the Gospel, okay? And I actually, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that, you know, the time for children's games is over. I'm glad that we are living in urgent times because now is where we can shine. This is what we have been trained for, people of God. This is what all these sermons have been for. You know, it's when a soldier is called into battle that, you know, that's when everything, all the training, all the practice, that's when it's, that's what it's all about. It's battle. That's when his identity or her identity fully clicks in. 
And so I believe that the times that we are living in demand such vitality and such alertness. My call is, people of God, very soon battles will begin that are, are, will, will demand all that we have. And I call you, I call us, I call myself. Let us examine ourselves. Where am I spiritually right now? Am I strong enough to withstand what lies ahead? Again, I want to finish on a note of hope, not of depression. I believe that there's nothing in my sermon that should lead a believer right now into fear or depression. On the contrary, if you got your mask on, if you got your, your protection on, don't fear what's coming. On the contrary, raise your head. The time of redemption is nearer. Now, there will be time. I believe that there, there will be there's still some things ahead, okay? There's things that will take years, I believe. Personally, I can't say, you know, it, it may happen to mo- today, of course. We don't know the time. But I believe that there's still some process. And, the, and I, I will speak about that because I, I think I need to continue this thing about prophecy. Um, there, there's still things that need to happen, but it's all it's all flowing in great synchrony just as the Lord and just as the Word of God says but we need to get ready we need to take the time that is remaining to get strong to get in shape because soon we're being called to go out into the field and we need to refresh the, the, the teachings and, and uh, the, the trainings we need to get physically in shape spiritually because times of stress are ahead we need to consecrate we need to intensify we need to double down we need to focus we need to replace the faulty gaskets we need to make sure that all the pieces are fitting nicely and tightly all the pieces of our spiritual identity are nicely you know tucked in and and strong these are times for vitality and times for consecration. Would you bow your head right now? I pray that uh, this will only be a call. But now, when you go home, you're going to pray about this. And if you're watching us uh, through the internet as well, you, you know, uh, uh, let us examine ourselves. How, how, how can I become a stronger believer? How can I become more consecrated to the Lord? Lord, examine my heart and see if there's any point of um, distortion, any point of weakness, any point where the fiery darts of the enemy might penetrate my armor and lead me into paths of righteousness, Lord. Lead me into deeper consecration to you and help me to become more healthy than ever as a believer if you have not given your life to Christ and you're watching us over the internet or even here well you know it all begins there it all begins when you ask Christ to come into your life and you consecrate yourself to him and you say Lord I need you I need to claim your saving function for my own life and for my own self I need to claim you as my Lord and my Savior And I need to put you above everything else. And I do so now. I choose to do that. Would you do that right now with me? Wherever you are, would you say, Lord, I open my heart to you. Come in. I invite you to take over my life. 
And I want to live like a disciple. I want to consecrate my marriage to you. I consecrate my family to you, my finances, my career. Come and be the Lord, the commander of every aspect of my life. I recommit my life to you. Or I receive you and I invite you to come as my Lord and Savior. Take over my life. Come on. You can do that right now in Jesus' name. And if you, if you need to renew that vow, do it also right now. It's never unnecessary to say, Lord, I renew my commitment to you, Jesus. You are my Lord and my Savior. And I receive you. I receive you actively. I recognize and acknowledge you as the Savior of humanity and of my own life. Protect me, cover me, guide me, speak to me, reign in the center of my being. My hope is placed in you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. If you've done that, you know, Jesus says, if you open the door and you invite me in, I will come in. Now, commit to living that life of complete submission to Him and live out your life in the light of eternity. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your patience. We leave these words in the hearts of your people and we sear them with your truth. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you, people of God.